by the time you hear this podcast, your daddy thinking you're fine doesn't really amount to all that much. Welcome to By the Time You Hear This Podcast. I'm Greg. I'm Ben. And I'm Lori Ann. <laughs> I was waiting. I was waiting for that. <laughs> Thank you for everyone listening so far. Welcome to another episode. Um, and this is episode 113, I believe. Okay. Yes. Yeah, because 112 was the last one. Yeah. Where the players dwell. <laughs> Peaches oh. and cream. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so this is episode 113. Thank you to everyone who's downloaded and listened so far. Uh, we are not on Facebook Live for this episode, but uh, if you do want to follow us on Facebook, we're, we're on Facebook. We're, we're there. Mm-hmm. You know, just search our, the name of the podcast by the time you hear this. Um, and uh, you can find that and with our website, which will be updated one day. One day. (laughs) Uh, By the time you hear this dot com, uh, the Facebook URL and the website are spelt with Y-O-U. And uh, if you want to get with us on other social media, such as, you know, uh, the IG, the Gram, gram, Instagram, uh, we're on there at by the time you hear this spelled with the letter U because we're we're urban. urban. Yes. What? Yes, we are. Uh. (laughs) That means we're black. Conspiracy. <laughs> still haven't figured that out. <laughs> we are urban. And that is the uh, same spelling for our email address by the time you hear this at gmail.com. Send us your comments, questions, concerns, show ideas. And if you're an independent artist, we'll play your music for absolutely free. And if you want to listen to us on the go as podcasts are most often listened to, you can 
Listen to us in a variety of ways. If you have an iPhone, we're on the Apple Podcast app. If you have an Android, we're on the Google Music app or the Google Podcast app, which apparently is an app. Um, I, I wouldn't know. Ben might know. Um, if, if the Google Podcast app is an app. I still haven't really seen it, but I mean, I just, <laughs> I use Spotify for now. Spotify and yeah. CastBox are my go-tos. Uh, we're also on CastBox, Auto Radio, Overcast, uh, Play.fm, Satchel Podcast Player, TuneIn Radio, and of course, we are on Spotify. So uh, you have a lots of lots and lots of options on how to listen to us, um, and you, you should, you know, if you want to avoid that uh, annoying coworker um, who keeps talking about the Rich Paul rule or uh, the dynamics of Antonio Brown's helmet. I just um, found out about that. That's so silly, but whatever. Or talking about um, who, someone who's mad that Beyonce is just stealing music from Nigeria or wherever oh, for her new album. Uh, <laughs> so, Everyone's stealing from everyone. So uh, lots of options on how to listen to um, this future award-winning podcast. Uh, so we have a guest. She's been on here before. This is her second appearance. And uh, we, ha- we have um, a couple of interesting things that we're going to talk about while she's here. Uh, we have, once again, we have Lorianne. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for having me on tonight, gentlemen. Yeah, yeah. thanks for being on. Thanks for joining us. Uh, I've been entertained by all the podcasts this summer. So, <laughs> Oh, thank you. Entertained and educated. So, We aim to please. <laughs> we aim to educate. <laughs> yeah. You did. You have. So. Uh, one thing I want to get to, uh, let me just get to this first with the uh, with the charts. Let's let's kind of get this out of the way because this will lead to one of our to one of our topics here. So we got the Billboard Hot 100, and uh, the record has been broken, and uh, now it's just now it's just, it's a victory lap right now. Yeah, Nas just uh, showing off for, <laughs> for little Nas X. <laughs> He's doing a dance of the end zone. Um, now 18 weeks at number one. Don't tell Roger Goodell. 18 weeks. <laughs> uh, Old Town Road. Uh, West Georgia's own. Well, I don't know if West Georgia's going to claim. He, 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 he dropped out of West Georgia. Yeah, because I, I knew some people who did not claim Creflo Dollar either. If they, won't claim, they won't claim him. Like, <laughs> Shout out to Brad Yates. I don't know if he's listening. He's like, oh, yeah, he was here for like a semester or something like that. They made sure. Like, he's like, nah, we don't claim him. So he attended. Yeah, he, he attended. Yeah. Did um, not graduate. A lot of remixes out there of Old Town Road. Yeah. Uh, Milk it, man. New one, one with, every week. The one with Mason Ramsey and Young Thug. There's one with a guy from BTS who apparently raps in English. It's dope. Um, we like it. <laughs> there's a Diplo remix. There's a Diplo remix? Really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. um, there's a Diplo remix? Yeah. That yeah. I did not know. Um, huh. See? So, Educating. Yeah. I think I heard someone say there's going to be a Mariah Carey one too, but that that just, you know. Well, there. Well, I know there's a hashtag Mariah Carey challenge. Um, because her song "Obsessed," yeah, which was around Eminem, yeah. mm-hmm. which came out ten years ago. Wow. Uh, people have been doing a dance on, I probably on TikTok, doing a dance to the song. Oh goodness! And calling it the mm-hmm. Mariah Carey challenge. <laughs> so I'm. Convinced. I don't know if it's climbing back up the charts, but these challenges are just made by their comp- their record companies to like get some more life out of it. Well, there's, song. What's funny is that there's a um, someone talked about the uh, the Megatron challenge, Nicki Minaj's new single, Megatron, mm-hmm. 
and people would like make a video to the song, dancing to the song, and the winner gets twenty thousand dollars. And how it's easy for Nikki to give away twenty thousand yeah, dollars because if she's getting the the clicks and the streams on the song, yeah, she's already made that money back. Yeah. So, not guarantee that's yeah. that's something that they're doing. You know, get a because you look at some of the biggest songs. You know, of the you know they have they've started out as memes. And now Old Town Road basically has kind of like taken it to like the next level. Yeah. Like you look at the company, uh, well, Maverick Records, but the company that um, kind of put out the uh, that Salento song and how big it got. And then like how big Black Beatles was. You mean that list. That, <laughs> <laughs> the, dan- the dance instructional video. Yes. And and Black Beatles because of the um, the, mannequin the mannequin challenge, challenge. Mannequin yeah. Challenge. And then to an extent the Harlem Shake because of yeah. the Harlem Shake. So like if you can get that going, you now that like I guess Lil Nas X has kind of perfected the formula, or at least he's giving you like he's got a good like make it a meme and then just remix the hell out of it. <laughs> like just make all these remixes if you can drag and, up an old well, star. Should, should I should I so my if someone suggests that to him, hey, should I write a new verse? No. No. Keep the same <laughs> keep the same verse you already had. Leave just it. keep it the same. Leave it on there. Everyone else can write new verses. You like I'm just wondering like <laughs> because someone's going to try this again and who is going to be the old star that they dig up? Hmm. Who is who is it going to be? Because he probably got a few um, a few different fan bases by doing this. Like yeah. Billy Ray Cyrus, I'll listen to a song with Billy Ray. I got people saying, man, Billy Ray got bars. Like, Billy Ray didn't write that. No. <laughs> it was, uh, what was her name? Rico I don't know. She was Nasty. in the video. I know that much. She was Rico in the video. Rico Nasty. Uh, she, well, yeah, one, she's one of the co-writers. She wrote his, she wrote his verse. Yeah. Was, um, that's, that's hilarious to me. So I'm curious to see. So anyone who's listening who has an idea of who it might be, Throw some ideas. I'm very curious. What about the guy that did the Gangnam Style? If he can uh, mix that mm, with Old Town, <laughs> that, that would be. Like, you know what? I'm surprised he got one of them and not 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 um, Psy instead of one of the guys from uh, for BTS. Yeah, because that would be interesting. Psy on a remix, like uh, all be, three of them. I would want it to be BTS. Everyone. That might be too much greatness. Uh, that that might be. be. You've got the then the, the margarita people, the biggest video ever. <laughs> We'd have the margarita Gangnam Style, Old Town Road. So when you said that, Diplo's going to remix that, right? My, oh no, it mind, would have to be Chainsmokers. <laughs> well, no, my mind automatically went to Jimmy Buffett, and I was like, Aww. "Is he going to dig up Jimmy Buffett?" Because Jimmy Buffett doesn't need the money, clearly. But that'd be funny, like some song featuring Jimmy Buffett. That'd just be weird. That would be good. Let's make it happen. I feel like some, that's something like Young Thug would do. Make it happen. Get Young make Thug on the phone. <laughs> but but um, the rest of the top ten of these, the Hot 100, uh, we have "Bad Guy" by Billie Eilish. Uh, Senorita by the Canadian John Mayer, featuring the artist formerly known as Fifth Harmony. Uh, and John Mayer was such... here last night, I think, too. Hmm? I think John Mayer was here last night, actually. Oh. State Farm. Yeah. Did he do a press conference? I don't know. I just happened to see. Uh, <laughs> I saw pictures from his IG. Someone I know went there, too. I just said IG. My goodness. You did. I saw pictures from his Instagram. And, um, it's you know, he tagged State Farm. And it's like before every show. He's got this, like, deep look on his face. So before every show, I think about my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> well, probably, especially when he's here in Atlanta. Yeah. I that's mean. when that was really made me think. I was like, oh, yeah, like, these are your old sobbing guys. Maybe you really are. When he's singing Why Georgia. Yeah. He really like starts crying. No, I think, I think that was more of a joke. Like, <laughs> as far as, like, one of those Nike commercials or something. Oh, I'm still trying to make John <laughs> he plays He plays Why Georgia. Like, I know 85. He plays. 
place neon. I know Peachtree Street. Like, at <laughs> <laughs> um, number four, uh, Truth Hurts by Lizzo. Number five, Talk by Khalid. Number six, No Guidance by Mr. Finna B. Mean, featuring the Perpetual Kentucky Recruit. Apparently, this is a funny video. I need. I haven't seen. I haven't it seen yet. the video. I haven't seen it yet either. Number seven, I Don't Care by the most influential artist in black music and the Canadian Spotify champion. Number eight, Goodbyes by Sirius Malone featuring Young Thug. Number nine, Sucker by the Jonas Brothers. And number 10, <laughs> Ransom by Lil Tecca. I think Truth Hurts might be the song that dethrones Old Town Road. It's picking up a lot of steam. I feel like it might be given to Bad Guy just because it's been number two for so long. Maybe. I could see I could see that happening too, because um, I and I heard it so I heard it for the first time. Um, it's played over the credits of Brightburn, mm. which is about a bad guy. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, the Billboard 200 uh, number one is the yeah. Search. Well, this I, is I, last week. I think the Hot Girl Summer might dethrone. Have the possibility. It's going to make a big jump. <laughs> Who's the hot girl summer? Is that um, uh, Nicki Minaj? Nicki Minaj, okay. Meg the Stallion. Uh, that's that's who I was trying to think of. Meg the Stallion. I would say the because it's two e's. Yeah, <laughs> like she wants us to say e. <laughs> the Stallion. Um, the search by NF. I looked him up. I have yeah. heard of this guy before. Um, so I know we shared that story about when we went to that place for karaoke. And that small, the little white kid did "Want to Be a Baller" like all the way through. He also did a song by NF. I just didn't know who he was at the time. Mm. I looked because I looked it up, and apparently now he is. Uh, he has number one album in the country. All right, he's from Michigan. He's from Michigan. Yeah, sounds yeah very Eminem influenced. Uh, debuting that's debuting at number one. Yeah, so it's it's a good one. He's debuting good one. at number two is "The Big Day" by Chance the Rapper. Number three. Number six, Collaborations Project by the most influential artist in black music. Number four, When We Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go by Billie Eilish. Number five, Indigo by Mr. Finna B. Mean. Number six, Seven by Lil Nas X. Number seven, Cause I Love You by Lizzo. Debuting at number eight, Dumb and Dumber by Key Glock and Young Dolph. Debuting at number nine, Fever Dream by Of Monsters and Men. And number ten, Dreamville and Mr. No Features, Revenge of the Dreamers 3. Do you think they've seen Dumb and Dumber? <laughs> they may have because they took out the bees out of Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> took out the bees. Uh, so, yeah. So, guys, when I was here last time, I predicted that um, I don't care it was going to be Song of the Summer. And I don't, because of Old Town Road, there is no other song. There is no other. Did not come <laughs> I can't if, make that argument. It's almost as if there is no other song. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no other song exists. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, with the Artist 100, um, for those who aren't, who aren't aware of how this works with the Artist 100, it's basically your social media presence. Um, you know, if people are, are, you know, tweeting about you or making Instagram posts or whatever, uh, along with your album sales, and uh, if you're how you're being played on the radio, but we have found in the formula there are some a few loopholes mm-hmm. to get you uh, in the top. Uh, one it, one of the rules is releasing an album. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, so he released an album this week. It's number one. So NF is number one. He's number one. Go NF. Number two is Billie Eilish. Number three, the most influential artist in black music. Number four, Khalid. Number five, Lizzo. Number six, Sirius Malone. Do you take him seriously Seriously, this week, Ben? Um, I haven't really paid him much attention, so I don't know. I'll have to look into him. I know Lorianne. I um, am. I'm taking up. it seriously today. Playing <laughs> the new playing one. Song, yeah. <laughs> Goodbyes with Young Thug and Post Malone. Yeah. All right. It's, uh, it's going to be on your playlist next week. <laughs> <laughs> Number seven, uh, after being unranked last week, Chance the Rapper. Uh, he released an album, so that mm-hmm. will that will give you that big jump. Number eight, the Canadian John Mayer. Number nine, Lil Nas X. And number 10, the Perpetual Kentucky Recruit, um, who is projected to have the number one album next week uh, for his album uh, Care Package, which is a compilation of his previously released singles, which didn't appear on any of his other albums. Uh, so I wanted to uh, ask you this. I'll start with uh, you, Lori Ann. Uh, is this fair with these previously released singles that you can find on any digital media platform that he just puts it on an album, like make a compilation album, and um, and that is okay? Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's okay because they weren't on any other full albums before. So... It's not that I wouldn't have the opportunity to make a playlist and make that my album, but I like it all together, um, and I do think it's fair. I do. Ben, what do you think? Uh, I mean, <laughs> fair, sure. Um, I, I was going to say ethical, but that's a really strong word. I just think it's kind of cheesy. I mean... <laughs> But we got it's artwork. Just, yeah, I mean, it's just it's just <laughs> cheesy. That's all it is. I mean, like, it's an easy way to to throw an album out there. That's why a lot of people do quote unquote greatest hits albums just to get a to get an album um, out of the way on your deal. And um, I think he's trying to get. I think he's trying to get out of young money, cash money, whatever you want to call it, as soon as he can. I think he's trying to because I'm I'm been trying to find something that might hint at that. And I'm reading an article here from the Fader. Um, that suggests that a lyric in his album Scorpion, which came out in 2018, suggests that he was sick of being on the record label. And I'm trying to find the exact details, but I think it was an eight-album deal, which is like a feels like a lot of albums. Yeah. Um, and he's been he releases an album. It feels like what every year. Yeah. So I don't, but I still don't think he's released eight. Let's go to his discography. This is his ninth one that has charted. But maybe one of those didn't count. So studio albums, Thank Me Later, Take Care, Nothing Was the Same, Views, and Scorpion. So he's, well, well, I can't do math in my head. Five in. So this would be six. And it's a quick It's a quick six album. Oh, so um, More Life didn't count? Uh, I'm not seeing it on here. No. Or uh, So Far Gone was considered an EP. That doesn't count either. I don't know if that would, if they would consider that a part of the deal. And I think that might have been, no, that was on Young Money, yeah. Scary Hours, the Best in the World pack is also considered an EP. Um, I guess that's a way to look at it, too. We're so used to having a new Drake album come yeah. out every year. If he hasn't been inspired or 
has some other things going on. Yeah. And we know he's been at a lot of basketball games and sporting events. Yeah, he's too busy working for the Raptors. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's kind of one of the things that we got used to as far as Drake coming out, coming out with an album every year. Rihanna used to come out with an album every year for like eight years straight, it felt like. Mm -hmm. um, but now she's taking a couple years off and now people are mad. So they're considering <laughs> on here, I'm reading this article, More Life is considered a, mi a commercial mixtape. A, com I, a commercial like mixtape? That felt like an LP to me. <laughs> so I wonder It has then, like 20 songs on it. Yeah, that that it says commercial, really commercial. A commercial what a time to be alive! Well, yeah, what a time to be alive! Well, it's not a mix. That's a compilation album. That's not a commercial mixtape. What a time to be alive! Yeah, it was a it was a collaboration. That's album a collaboration with album. Future. Yeah. yeah, that should count. But they're calling that a mixtape. If you're reading this, it's too late. They're calling that a mixtape. Uh, they called that a mixtape. Yeah, they're calling it a commercial mixtape. Oh, very interesting. That's funny. I wonder if that's what's making him upset. Because if it wasn't for that, then yeah, he would have been. That's why he made the song. He would have upset. Been done. That's right. That's where I'm upset came <laughs> yeah, from. Should, like this is his ninth one. He, so he's like, I should have been done, yeah, man. Yeah. Um, but hmm. this this does uh, tie him with Garth Brooks, Eminem, Madonna, and the Rolling Stones with his ninth number one album. And ahead of him are the Beatles with 19, Jay Z <laughs> with 14, Jay Z, Bruce Springsteen, and Barbara Streisand with 11. And Elvis Presley with 10. Thank, you. Thank you very much. <laughs> I've purchased albums by all of them. <laughs> Actually, there's a new Elvis one that came out this week. And I, I'm supposed to go watch his, his concert from Hawaii. It's I need so to do good. that. I, uh, in a band that I'm in, Vega Band, go watch us play. Um, we play <laughs> Suspicious Minds. And at the end, the singer, who is Alex, I know he's, he's been on one of your shows that you produced, Greg, he looks back at me. Like me says, cause I love you too much, baby. And I'm supposed to hit like this big roll, and he just does that like, like Elvis. <laughs> and it's I, when he, I can't help but laugh when he does it, cause he looks right at me, and goes like, oh, like he comes back to wherever the drums are, and he does it, and it's the funniest thing ever. And he's like, I, he's like, I got it from that concert. He's like, so go watch that. I was like, I'll go watch it so I can <laughs> get the dynamic, some research. Well, it sounds entertaining. Oh, it's it's hella entertaining. <laughs> um, also going to be included in the top ten here is Lil Durk. Uh, Songs for the Streets 2 is projected to be at number two. Lil Durk. Uh, the Descendants 3 soundtrack for those Disney Channel fans out there will be debuting at number three. And uh, Lizzo's Cause I Love You should be about seven or eight. And closing out the top ten is Tool. Is this called Anima? Enema? No, oh, that can't be called Enema. Hold on, that <laughs> album's gonna be in the top ten again? It is being re-released. That's their, I believe that's their first album. They're um, they're on streaming now. Yeah, it was it was being released on streaming. That's why it's it's moving back up. Yeah, I was um I was very happy. While I'm not the hugest Tool fan. I am a Tool fan, and to see that, um, no, this is his second album. Their first album was Undertow, my bad. Um, I listened, I did listen to some, you know, a lot of Tool when they came on streaming. I think it was like last Friday when they put them back on there. And um, I'm guessing a lot of their fans are happy because they're, the streams for just a week have been stacking up, especially for a metal band that releases albums like, what, every six years it feels like. It's some good workout music, y'all. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's very, like, looking at time between their albums, like, Undertow, which was their debut. Um, no, hold on. What was their, 
I, I, I'm, I can't remember now, but like it's usually like three to four years in between each album. And I remember when Lateralist came out, it was at least six years until, because yeah, La, uh, Lateralist came out in 01, 10,000 Days was 2006. That was the last album they did. Wow. So there were a lot of people just like, please, just release something. Give us <laughs> like, something. Please, Give us are you guys still alive? Like, we don't care about the perfect circle. Release something, you know. It's just like so. Yeah, it's been people are clamoring people for people. Don't want Perfect Circle to release their uh, R and B covers anymore. They did R and B more R and B covers. I know I, they did. I imagine. Know. Well, they did. <laughs> they did a cover of uh, "What's Going On." Oh yeah, I, <laughs> I, I think I blocked that <laughs> in my in my mind. Yeah, their, it out of your mind. their covers album was just weird. What was it? Emotive, I think it was called, or yeah, something. Yeah, that was just a weird record. I mean, I already didn't really care for the song Imagine, but yeah, looking, okay, yeah, so that people are people. Oh, I'm going to check that out. I didn't oh, know like they Depeche did Depeche Mode? That. Yeah. <laughs> when the levees break. Oh, and that's good. They gave actual credit to uh, Memphis Minnie and Kansas, Kansas Joe McCoy and not, the, not Zeppelin. That's very interesting. I will check this out. Yeah, we got to listen to that. People are people. Yeah. Fiddle and Drum by Joni Mitchell. Fear by uh, but, Let's Have but, War by Fear. That, but yeah, remember, awesome. these are like in in perfect circle fashion. Oh yeah, they're very they're very just. I don't want to say weird for the sake of being weird because they're artists and you, we want them to be creative, but they're weird for the sake of being weird. Like it's just, I think they took Imagine and put it in a minor key, and only played the the lowest register of the piano. Like it just sounds scary. <laughs> That's the best way I could. It should be in a horror film. <laughs> they were doing those, uh, what, the the dramatic trailer songs before that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> Ahead of their time. Yeah, they really were. Ahead what if they actually get inspired Hidden Citizens? They probably did because this came out in 04, and they were like, you know what, man? Why don't we just slow these songs down, change the key, put a bunch of singers in there? We could make an industry off of this, man. <laughs> Next thing you know, California Dreamin's coming out in the San Andreas, <laughs> the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, one more thing we want to talk about here. Um, so uh, the boy band that we're kind of sort of worried about, um, for one, they weren't in the artist. Uh, that was a first. In the top ten. That, yeah. that definitely was a first. Um, so I guess because they're, they fell to number 14. Um, but this um, – See if I can pull it up here. Okay, so this is coming from uh, the Mirror. Uh, they are uh, BTS is announcing that they will take an extended break to live normal lives. Um, based on what we've discovered about BTS, when did they ever <laughs> live normal, normal lives? lives? Um, from the ages of zero to, to ten, maybe. <laughs> And that's being generous, I feel like. <laughs> so. Maybe because the album was in the top ten, they're like, "Hey guys, this is our chance." Yeah, that's. I well, mean, they, it's, I mean, they've been going strong. They've been going nonstop for six years. They really have. Um, and, and they're very young too, so yeah. like it's not like, you know, they've been going not like they waited to hit success in their twenties and their thirty, and they've been going. No, they've been. Well, they're they're. Let me get their ages because they're. I don't think anyone is over twenty one. I don't think. And they've been going six years strong, so that's... They're all in their... Um, all in their 20s? I think they're all in their 20s, but it's probably like 
22, 23 at the oldest. So they can enjoy some of that time on their own and get to know themselves. Uh, Well, yeah, that's basically the, the, that's good. What they, what they want to do. Spend uh, some of that money. Hopefully they got an extended period of rest and relaxation there. This is a seven piece boy band. They've been, I, they've been going nonstop for six years. Their management, Big Hit Entertainment, have said that they will use this time to recharge, while members of the band have said they are looking forward to leading a normal life. You're not leading a normal life, as no. big as you are. They might just be going back in rehearsal or something, yeah. getting coffee. That means that, um, among other things. instead of walking to the store, you have to have your person walk to the store because you can't walk to the store. Yeah, you definitely can't. <laughs> no. yeah. You can't do that. Oh, let's go bowling. You can't go bowling. Like, you better buy a house with an alley because you can't go bowling. <laughs> um, Big Hit posted uh, on Twitter, we would like to announce that for the first time since their debut, BTS will be going on an official and extended period of rest and relaxation. Um, and they'll be doing one last concert before uh, taking that break. Um, on Sunday. This Sunday. Yes, it will be the... <laughs> That's a quick announcement. Yeah. Uh, today's lot duty free family concert performance. Um, that would be their last one. Oh well, that would have been yesterday. If it was on Sunday. Is it this coming Sunday? Or was it yesterday? Well, I do, uh, Well, it doesn't say when oh, it okay. is. It pro- <laughs> It'd be funny if it actually it was like, yeah, they have this concert coming up on Sunday. They actually have three other shows before then. Um, but then on Monday, they get a break. Then on Monday, the break begins. <laughs> um, I wonder what they define say, as extended. Should though, you right? have a chance encounter with a member of BTS while they are on vacation, we ask that you show consideration for their need to rest and enjoy their private time off. Mm. Um, mm. Like this was followed happen. by them being the first Korean band to perform at Wembley <laughs> Stadium where they performed two sold-out gigs with the first one selling out in less than 90 minutes. Wow. So, I mean, as long as if they actually get to take a break and go on vacation or, or whatever, great. But if they still have like these commitments, we don't know about to big hit entertainment Yeah. (laughs) to where like, Okay, uh, you're not going to do any shows, but you still have to get us coffee. Yeah, you still have to. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to. I don't, don't want to make that any darker. I don't want yeah. to make it any darker. Yeah, we, we, y'all already know how dark it can get in the world of K-pop, so we'll just stop at you have to get us coffee. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, do you think that, um, like, when, I'll put it like this, when, uh, Adele, when Twenty Five came out, her album Twenty Five, the first single was "Hello," and while I like, I honestly didn't think it was that great of a song, but I think it went to number one because fans were like so hungry yeah. for more Adele, <laughs> and so once it dropped, people just played the hell out of it. Mm-hmm. This is another one of those groups to wherever single they come out with It'll in the huge. net, like they'll probably take a year off or something. Well, do you think they'll get to take a year off? No. I feel like it might be like six weeks. Right. I don't. I, I just don't know if it's going to be over. a whole year. Like, <laughs> I'm thinking it's going to be like three months. Dance. <laughs> so whenever they come out with a new single, uh, it's gonna it's gonna go 
it's going to rocket to the top of the charts. Uh, You'll hear it just because you know. people are going to be like the fan base will still be there. They'll be they'll just be waiting. They'll, they'll be, probably get a big they'll artist be refreshing to do it with the too. Twitter feed or yeah. wherever every day for a new <laughs> BTS single. Oh God, it'll be like that um, that Taylor Swift fiasco where like they mistakenly released like three minutes of silence. And it became like the most downloaded song on iTunes because people were so hungry for Taylor Swift. They were like, oh, God, download it. It's beautiful. There's, <laughs> like it's silence. I know. She's so It's she's, so she, deep. She's a genius. She's so deep. She's saying that how the music industry is empty. <laughs> and then listening closely for clues. Yeah. she's. I think she whispers at like two minutes and one second. I think she starts whispering. Yeah. That's going to happen. My memories yesterday came up at a, a year ago. Yesterday, I went to the Taylor Swift show here in Atlanta. Swizzle. Yeah, those memories, they, they take you back even when you're not asking for them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I did like that show. That was a great show. But, yeah. I bet it was. Um, I bet it was. Mm-hmm. Who opened for her? Um, Camilla. Okay. Oh. Yeah. I guess that fits now. Ten years ago, that wouldn't have fit. That wouldn't have fit at all. Um, and Charlie X X X E X X E X yeah okay yeah that wouldn't have fit ten years ago that no. would have been no, definitely not Charlie X E X oh god no. No, that would have been very weird <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so we have um, uh, we're going this will be for the the first time that uh, we will um, hear this song yeah I'm we excited. have a song from an independent artist that's in the studio with us actually <laughs> uh, so um, what are they. <laughs> uh so um Lorianne, why don't you tell us about uh the song that uh we're gonna play in just a moment? The song that we're gonna play and uh super excited. It's called Your World Keeps Turning. So Your World. And when I was here with you guys last time you kind of motivated me to get some more music and work on this project. And that's what I've been doing this summer. Been riding a lot, traveled, I drove from here, took a stop in Nashville, went all the way up to Detroit. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that that's another story. The, the radio stations and the music on the drive from Atlanta to Detroit. <laughs> yeah, I must say. Oh, and also the American Idol contestants we talked about. There are now a lot of Christian singers, so when you're driving through, I heard a lot of American Idol past contestants on the Christian stations. <laughs> so, like, now my playlist, I'm like, Danny Gokey. I'm like, Mandisa. Man, so, <laughs> These are some great songs, y'all. This name so, I haven't heard in a while. But, um, so, yeah. So, your world keeps turning, and uh, so it's here for you guys. Yeah, we need that. We need one of those. Like, and, like now. And, and now the world premiere, premiere yes. of your world keeps turning by the Envisions.
this naps. Uh, yeah, thank you. I like your voice. Oh, well. It was very Sheryl Crowish. I like that. I, I love Sheryl Crow's voice. Thank you for the kind words. I just want to say shout out to Justin Owens, co-writer with that, and uh, to Patchwork Studios, Ronnie and Josh and Nina Montana and Reveal Audio Studios and uh, David Leonard and just everyone that's made that possible and, and you guys <laughs> and what, what's the name of the band again the name is the envision the envision yeah so the it's an art collective whole bunch of different people so okay. yeah so uh you can where, where will people be able to find it when it's a it's official release i'll let you know when that official release is but last time i was here i was like i will have something done by the middle of august and mm -hmm. i wanted to be a woman of my word so <laughs> your world's done so uh I, you know i'm gonna i'll say probably next september beginning of september is the goal we'll have that and um some other some other work to go with it so a nice strong ep and it, it won't be just music that uh it's gonna be full art collective some spoken word oh nice yeah so, so it's it's gonna be a, a fun project and again thank you guys for your inspiration and motivation. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for sharing with us. And oh, well, thank you. So, yeah, very, very happy moment right now. So I appreciate you so so much. Well, thank you for, for bringing this song to us or the the, the world premiere. Yeah, of your world keeps turning. <laughs> the world premiere, the <laughs> new version of it your felt world like keeps the, turning. Uh, what was the the uh, making of the video making of? <laughs> like and now the world premiere. <laughs> <laughs> well. That was great. All right. So, uh, wouldn't want it to be anywhere else but here. Oh, thank, oh, you. thank you. Thank you for sharing it with us. And uh, uh, just everyone look out for that on uh, any digital media platforms. Coming to it. Uh, and maybe even your, your local record store. Coming to you. <laughs> yes. You have to do that on vinyl. <laughs> Definitely. All right. So, um, let us get to. Um, a little more music, so. <laughs> a little more music that's not by someone sitting here with us. Ben, tell us about your earworm of the week. Uh, so this is a song by, um, I guess she's what Mrs. McGraw. Did she ever change her name? I don't know. I, I don't think. I don't know uh, about anything official. Yeah, I don't know. She probably didn't change her name, but the wife of Tim McGraw. But she's more than just the wife of Tim McGraw. She's, she's her own woman. She's she is, Faith Hill. Yeah, she is Faith Hill. Um. I would probably say maybe one of the more underrated female country singers. I, I feel like she probably could have done. Well, I don't want to say underrated because I think people she, think she's she good. Had, she had her time, but I feel like it could have been. People are bigger. forgetting about her. Yeah. about how how great she probably still is. I haven't yeah. listened to her music, but I know she's released more music, right? Yeah. <laughs> she. I think she should have been bigger than she was, but that's just me. Um, but it, their concerts together are amazing. The Soul yeah. Soul concerts. There, well, there's a whole um, Showtime thing on them, right? Yeah, I haven't watched it yet. But oh, you should. It's that's a good documentary. I have to find a way yeah. to Showtime. But <laughs> it's, but no, I I like. I was a big fan of Faith Hill back in high school when this stuff was coming out, and it's has followed me, um, my entire life. So it's Breathe by Faith Hill. Beautiful um, acoustic opening. Some really great guitar work. Um, of course, you know, there's just tons of great guitar players up in Nashville, period. But um, I thought there was just some really – it was creative. It wasn't just your normal. And, and I guess there's, if there's one thing I could really point out 
it's what you hear um, in the parts right after the chorus where she says, I can feel you breathe. And then they kind of take this walk down um, from like a C to a G over B to an A minor and then play like this kind of outro back into the verse. And there's some really nice guitar work in there. So listen for some of the leads. That's what I would say. Listen for some of the leads there. It's really cool. Really cool work. All right. So this is Breathe by Faith Hill. And we'll be right back. I can feel the magic floating in the air Being with you gets me that way I watch the sunlight dance across your face And I've never been this swept away All my thoughts just seem to settle on the breeze When I'm lying wrapped up in your arms The whole world just fades away The only thing I hear Is the beating of your heart I can feel you breathe can feel you breathe. breathe. All right, that is Breathe by Faith Hill. Uh, that's the name of the album too, right? I believe so. I have to say thank you. You made a dream come true. Never in my wildest dreams would I think a song that I worked on would be followed by Faith Hill. That's <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've had it's that like dream. It, I mean, it just happened. <laughs> a dream came true. <laughs> it's like you opened for it her. It was. Yeah. Oh, it's from the album There There You'll Be, which I know is the song from Pearl Harbor. Pearl Harbor, yeah. Uh, okay. For I thought this was the one that Angie Apero wrote. No, that was um, cry. cry. Yeah, cry. Mm-hmm. One another. Um, uh, did you say local songwriter? Yeah, made good. Yeah, he <laughs> did. He. I mean, he's after that song. He didn't have to do much else. <laughs> really, I played that song last week three times. Right? Yeah, it's a good song. It really is. Because I want to think uh, Tim McGraw heard it and suggested she re- she recorded. And that just seems like a thing that Tim McGraw would do because Tim McGraw is awesome. He is. Tim McGraw is just, he just seems like a really cool guy. <laughs> ha, ha, the new Tim McGraw book with John Misham. Like the history, I didn't know yeah, Okay. Yeah, check it out. All right. Mm-hmm. Check What's it interesting out. is that, like, um, I think it, it's interesting, like, in the country music world, you don't have to, a lot of the um, artists don't have to write. No, they don't. Yeah. They still, they still don't have to write. Now they still don't have to write. No. But in the, 
other genres you have to write, but it seems like they still don't make a whole lot of money <laughs> off their no. own off their own uh, lyrics and everything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, no, the writing is still very alive in country music, and yeah. I think in some ways it's better for it. Um, outside of pop, because I mean in pop a lot of people don't write their own stuff, but for some reason they get looked down upon because they don't write, which is just weird to me, but. I have absolutely no problem with country artists not writing a lot of their stuff because I think like you take an artist like, and this is going way back, like George Jones, and you look at the song, He Stopped Loving Her Today, George Jones doesn't write that song, (laughs) you know, and I don't think there's many country artists out there that would write that song, and there's a lot of songs like that that you don't get if there's not those artists to write them and then have another artist come and interpret them. So I think in some ways the genre is better off for it because, you know, I I like some of these artists, but I just don't see them writing some of these songs. I'm just being honest. Hillbilly Bone, I read about how Hillbilly Bone by Blake Shelton and Trace Atkins was written. Neither one of them would write that song. (laughs) Neither one of them would write that song. So I'm, I'm grateful for some of these songwriters. All right, so you can find that song on our BTT YHT Earworms playlist uh, on Spotify right now. Um, so we have uh, um, we have Lori in here, and we started the uh, this episode with a live version of "You Know I'm No Good" by Amy Winehouse. Um, I picked that song and didn't consult with anyone else. Only because, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was actually the first song that I heard by Amy Winehouse. It wasn't Rehab. Um, it took me a long time to come around on Rehab. Um, I I don't know why. I guess because it was played so much, I, I it was easy for me to get tired of it. Mm. But uh, You Know I'm No Good was the first one I heard uh, from her. Um, and it was on VH1, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what we're going to discuss here is the uh, documentary about Amy Winehouse, simply titled Amy, um, about her, uh, her life and her short-lived career, um, dying at the age of 27. So she's in the infamous 27 Club. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of trying to gain some kind of, see if there's some insight to gain um, from the film. Uh, uh, Lori has not seen the film, but she is a fan of Amy Winehouse. Yeah. So... She can still provide some insight, of course, um, on, and just based on what she's what she read and, and what she knows so far. Thank you for believing in me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so, uh, Ben, did you have any notes? Did you take any notes? Yes. Okay. So we'll we'll start with your notes because uh, you watched the whole thing, yeah. and I I could not. I I <laughs> I didn't watch the last forty minutes. Yeah, it's like a two hour, two hours and seven minute long documentary. So yeah. when I sat down, I was like, goodness, this is long and the first mm, I'll say 45 minutes I was bored out of my mind really? I just yeah because so I guess let me rephrase let me start by saying I was not a fan of Amy Winehouse okay um my fiance soon to be wife is a big fan I did and she was the first fan other than Greg I had ever met of Amy Winehouse so when hearing about how big she was I knew I knew it by the time I watched the documentary but hearing all the hype about her I didn't understand it because I didn't hear on the radio stations I listened to. Mm-hmm. None of my friends listened to her. So I just did not know much about her. After watching this, I gained an immense amount of respect for her and became a little bit more of a fan of her. Um, 
the first song I heard by her, I think might have been Rehab, but after that it was a cover of Will You Still Love Me Tomorrow, which is beautiful. And oddly enough, I like a lot of her covers more than I like of her original stuff. Um, her other one, Valerie, is just beautiful, both versions of it. Um, but, I mean, the first note I made, um, the British that British obsession with soul music. <laughs> Yeah, it's um, just they just have that appreciation, and they, I, I they say care it more. I th- I feel like I say it at least every other episode, um, because I knew about it before we started this show. But like, after doing this show and doing all the research and stuff, like, it is a bona fide, genuine obsession. Um, hearing her talk about how her love of it, and how she was just excited. I'm skipping a little bit, but like, all live instruments. Yeah. You know, she's yeah. like, I, I wanted all live instruments on that first album. Um, I didn't know she played any, any instruments. So, you know, I figured, you know, because when you hear someone writes a song, I think of like how Beyonce writes a song. Here's a word. Maybe here's some lyrics. Um, but, you know, she started writing poems. I was like, oh, that's cool. I uh, I started to writing poems. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> but then when she, you know, she's like, she plays guitar and she's writing jazz music. And. For the people out there who aspire to be jazz musicians, those are some hard chords, man. Like, those chords are no joke. There's a lot of sevens, a lot of diminished, um, not just your standard major minors, a lot of sixths. Um, And essentially, you know, what a seventh chord is, you're taking um, that triad typically. So like an F major seven, F, A, C are going to be your root, your third, and your, um, and your fifth. And then if you want to add that seventh, which is going to be what comes before F, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. So your G. So F, A, C, no, E, my bad, E. F, A, C, E is going to be your seventh chord. So a lot of that and then like a minor seven playing the minor chord, but also adding in that seventh. She's doing a lot of that. I saw some of the lead sheets. Lead sheets are what jazz musicians follow when they're playing songs. If you give. um, So sometimes, you know, you might have your main melody. But you got a saxophone player in that band, follow the lead sheet. Um, the lead sheet's going to have the chords, so they know what key. If they, like, hey, after the head, everyone's going to take a solo. You follow the lead sheet to know what chords what chords are, what key you're in to play your solo, because you want to play your solo to match the chords that are being played. Amy Winehouse is, you know, writing songs like this. These were jazz songs. These weren't pop jazz songs. You were j- they were jazz songs. That first album was a bona fide jazz oh, album. Yeah. Frank, Frank is... Uh... I, I hadn't listened much to Frank. When I first heard Amy Winehouse, like, I thought Back to Black was Yeah, the I think most one, people, like Stankoni. <laughs> not that terrible. I know, I that know. That was like their fourth or fifth one. I wasn't that bad. Okay. But but Frank yeah. was Frank was probably more, it was it was big in the UK. Yeah. But not, not so much in America. But uh, just from seeing the clips of, of her playing the songs or writing the songs, like, oh, this is, this is a straight up jazz album. Yeah, yeah. I and I that I did not expect to come in and see that. Did they talk about when she was younger and would drive in the car with her dad and he would play Frank Sinatra? They didn't talk about that, but yeah. that makes a lot of sense. And that's why it's named Frank. No. It's after Frank Sinatra. She's got okay. a lot of um I hear a lot of my favorite era is swing jazz, you know, of the twenties, thirties. And I hear a lot of that. Big band, you know. She's uh, her um from why uh what was said in the movie, I think, also like her major influences, maybe vocally, mm-hmm. were Sarah Vaughn mm. and Dinah Washington. Okay. Um, um, Frank Sinatra, 
uh, Tony Bennett. Yeah. Uh, that, no surprise there. None that, at all. <laughs> <laughs> no surprise. Uh, no surprise there. Um, but she. Um, that was that was the her major influences there. Um, the first note that I had was like the first like the very beginning. It mm-hmm. was like her friend's birthday, mm-hmm. and they're all gonna sing happy birthday, and then Amy just like goes all out yeah. to get happy birthday, like show off. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually seen that video. I'd be like, yeah, that, she's saying happy birthday. Um, I think my note that was vibrato for days, just like. It, beautiful vibrato too. It came. It looked like it was. It was effortless. Yeah. And it at really the did. time, she's like sixteen, seventeen. Yeah. It's natural. It, it was just. It came so easy. Yeah. Um, uh The second note that I had was this is just about about five ten minutes in. I felt like the film was trying to simplify what her life was, like. And I, and I kept feeling that throughout watching it. Like, they're trying to make this very simple, mm-hmm. but it's, it was as if there's something I'm not seeing. There's yeah. something I'm not hearing to where, like, I. it was hard to tell actually what her, what her demons actually were. I don't, well, I don't know if anyone else got it, but that, that, it's kind of like I – there's there's stuff that she's going through, but I don't understand really what it is and how it's affecting her and how yeah. Did they bring up eating disorder? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So I I felt like around the forty minute mark is when we started to kind of get a little bit more insight into why you know where where she was mentally as a as a kid, mm-hmm. but not because they went back and said this is where she was. It started to affect her in her adult life, and so if you connect the dots. You know, yeah. me in my me being my sarcastic self, I put weak parents cue broken home by Papa Roach. Like that's kind of what I felt like. You know, the the mom was like, you know, I could never stand up to her. She mm-hmm. just got to do whatever she wanted. I could never stand up to her. And then we later find out that her father is basically trying to leech off of her. Yeah. So it's just like she never had that. She just she didn't have anyone in God who can prepare you for that sort of fame, really. But, you know, she, she didn't well. have that basic nurturing yeah. that maybe she and her friends tried to give it to her, uh-huh. but she didn't really listen to them. There was only there was only so much there was they could say whatever, but yeah. it wasn't really anything they could actually do. do for yeah. Her. Yeah. And that was kind of sad, you know. Sad. Um, yeah. Um, so an, another note, I, I felt like she was very unassuming in those early years. Yeah. You know, if you look at what she was um, at the first festival that she played, I think just somewhere in London, to what she eventually became when she's, you know, performing on like MTV Unplugged or whatever. Like, it's just like that's not the same person, you know, outside of the wings that she would put on her eye, her eyelashes, like not the same person whatsoever. You know, like this is a girl in jeans and a T-shirt playing, you know, open mic nights and stuff. And it's just like. I felt uh, out of the entire film, I think, and I think the reason they kept it simple at the beginning is so that you could get the more dramatic shift from being an unknown to being one of the biggest stars in the world. Because I felt like that was like, it was a huge shift. Like I can, one day I can walk down the street, the next day I can't walk down the street. There are, there's, you know, photographers everywhere. Um, I'm being heralded as the next big thing. What does that feel like, you know, 
and you can like all the while you can kind of sense it growing like okay she's doing this she's she's playing this festival it's getting a little bit bigger she's got the attention of most deaf and you know she's um there's people waiting for that follow-up and it was kind of like well she, was that the follow-up was back to black like i didn't remember i didn't realize that at first yeah. like you would have thought like with some of the follow like with some of the lead up and so much building on her you know of course we don't know about it here in america yet but in the uk they're waiting for that follow-up like, whoa, what are you going to do? And she kind of was like, I don't know. <laughs> like she was winning awards. She was winning awards for Frank. Yeah. Already. She was winning Brit Awards. And even though it's not a big deal to her, yeah, the way that the UK views music, it's like, okay, well then, you know, what's next? Like, yeah. we, like I would see in, like, I talked to y'all about the, the Top of the Pops documentaries and mm-hmm. a couple of other um, BBC documentaries to where being a pop star, you treated it like a like a, like a nine-to-five job. Yeah. And, you know, you're, this is, like, this is what you do. This is what you want to do. Pump it out. And, <laughs> like, yeah. okay, well, we got to get this music out. Yeah. You know, we need to get to writing and producing all that. Um. So that is how fans end up looking at at musicians mm-hmm. to where, you know, we expect you to do your job. <laughs> yeah. we, need, we need to be entertained by we you now. We need content, you know. Um, but that's not always inside. No, it's not. But, the, but and then the kind of the approach that was taken, like Frank is, is a jazz album. Mm-hmm. But to make it a little more, there was a, a clip we're talking about that she was making it um, – the album's going to be a little more accessible. Yeah. Um, not as poppy, but still more accessible. And it's, it's a, it's a soul album. Yeah. Um, and the way that it was, it was kind of like, it was a soul album, but with contemporary lyrics. Yeah. And, and having the production, especially with Mark Ronson, um, one of the, I know he's big in the UK mm-hmm. and, you know, he just won an Oscar and everything, but like he is, I, I don't think he's appreciated as much as he should be as a producer. Yeah. So when I talk and, about the obsession, he's that, he's like holding the he, flag. Yeah, <laughs> he is, he is, he's that dude. He was born in the wrong decade. Since. Like, <laughs> he's, he's definitely that dude. Yeah. Um, uh, even though I, uh, I, Uptown Funk still makes me cringe, but that's just one song. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's funny, too, is I never realized. So back in whenever that album of covers that he did came out, I heard his version of Just. It was on a, it was on NBA Live. Mm. Um, I didn't even know it was a cover until Justin. Um, he was like, I've heard this song before. He'd heard the Radiohead version. He's like, I know this song. I just don't know where. I, I listened to songs on the album, never realizing that her version of Valerie was on that album just cause I just, you know, she was somebody I never thought twice about back then, but she was doing it. <laughs> she yeah. was doing it. You're doing the most, you know? So, and I, I took note of her age. So she's 20 in 2003. I was really, and those are some of the things really that kind of made me stop and think about her as an artist. You know, she's at the age of 20. She sounds like she's 40. Yeah. Um, I think most Def kind of made a, a comment about that. Like, she's an old soul. Old soul, yeah. Um, and her taste in music. You know, Quest Love said it too. It's like, I thought I knew jazz. And she's educating me 
in in jazz, and I I thought that was very interesting to see. Um, but I mean, like she came in and and she just she hit the ground running, yeah. so to speak. You know, with that first album. Um, and she had like people around her. She had a connection like uh was uh Nick Shemansky. That was that was one of her friends. Yeah, right? the guy who ended up managing her, right? Who was from um. Well, he managed her while she was on um, 19 Records, yeah. or 19 Entertainment, but he would not leave 19 Entertainment. But they were, I mean, they were friends, and she kind of, he was already there when she got signed to, mm-hmm. like, he kind of got her in, and then it's like, okay, let's, it, 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 everything happened so fast. Yeah, it really did. Her. Like, she made a demo or something. She gets signed to the yeah. management company. All right, let's make an album. Yeah, <laughs> like it seemed like this all happened in five minutes. Yeah, <laughs> it's very fast. Um, it's something that you, you're not going to see much anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they, you know, they they saw something um, in her that they could, you know, something could be made out of this. Mm-hmm. Um, with the uh, when they would show her lyrics on the screen. I liked that part of the documentary. Actually. It was like these lyrics were were true to life. Yeah, like she, it's like she wasn't lying to anyone with her music. She's going to tell you exactly what's going on with her. It's like if you asked her what her what her life is like at the mm-hmm. moment, yeah. she was going to tell you. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> and that's why she's one of my favorite artists. Yeah, it's very yeah. folk in a way. Really, the way she tells stories. When uh, the song uh, "Stronger Than Me," mm-hmm. I was like, "Why she is shading the hell out of her boyfriend right now?" <laughs> <laughs> but I love it because he's older than her. Yeah, so he's supposed that, that, to that know. Was, I that's mean, what the song is about, and like, that's and that's how it. And that's how the album older, starts out. You're older. You should know more, and yeah. you know you should be. More insightful, you should be stronger. You should but be it's stronger. like I'm the strong one in the relationship, and this is uncomfortable. And I, I like how that's, and that's how the, the album starts off. You yeah. know, so you're kind of in the, that vulnerable place, and then she's breaking out, being like, "Wait a second, mm-hmm. let me believe in myself a little bit more." And uh, maybe it's kind of odd that you were with me anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was like at the 15 minute mark. Um, we were told the end. I mean, we know how it ends, but mm-hmm. we were like told the end. It would have summed up everything. I think we're thinking of the mark. same thing. Is it the, about the fame? The yeah. quote about the go mad about the from the fame. I said that was very. I wrote that's very foreboding to see that early on that you know she kind of understands, <laughs> and that was my conclusion. Like it's just there's no way that um there was no happy ending to this story. Yeah. There was just no, even even if I didn't know what happened, you know, at the end, because it's like, you know, it's almost like a Tarantino movie. You're kind of <laughs> piecing it together backwards. But, like, after hearing that, it's just like, oh, boy, um, I'm from the future. I'm here to tell you about what you're about to become. Like, hold on tight. It's crazy, you know? It's crazy. Uh, what, uh, what, do you have any, what other notes did you have? Um... So I had not, oh well I really like the fact that she didn't like the music that was out so she went and made her own. I like that. That's a very go you know can do go do it attitude. Yeah. What's funny is that uh, I don't know if you read this clip. But there's a clip where an interview is asking her about Dido. Yeah. 
and just, and she like, just had look this on look on her face, like the look on her how dare like the. Like Dido is being more introspective. She's being introspective. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, okay. Oh, she's she gets she gets on Stan, and you just think that she's introspective, like <laughs> just a look on her face, like yeah, she had and like Dido, right? Like the whole time, I was like, she's gonna say something to this woman. <laughs> like, don't you like? I'm not Dido. Like, I'm it was Amy it was almost like. Uh, that Soldier Boy interview, Drake. 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 I expect her to say Dido. 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 So I did have to turn on the subs <laughs> after a while because those accents were thick, um, and they weren't like they were not your you know typical uptown posh London accents. You know, some of them were kind of they were kind of Cockney, kind of gutter. Like you know, they were. But I think that added a little bit of charm to her <laughs> and her friends that like it seemed you know. It seemed real. Like, she didn't want to be on 19 Entertainment because she didn't like being associated with Simon Fuller and his and, pop acts. And S Club 7. Yeah. She didn't want to be associated with that. She, you know, and then her talking about while she's working on her new album, you know, what would eventually become Back to Black. She's like, I'm in Camden and there's a lot of guitar acts around here. I've been listening to a lot of guitar music. And that's cool. I really like it when an artist, when they're in something. And that's And really, that's kind of the true mark of an artist, really being inspired by your surroundings like man i'm seeing these shows every night and seeing these great bands that are really going out here and giving it their all and i think i might do that on my next album you know that's kind of cool to me mm. um i never i'd never heard of salam remy i'd never heard of that guy i i'd heard the name is like he's i don't know if he was uh did he first start working with amy winehouse but i've seen that name a lot and i feel like that's with like Beyonce and um, uh, let me see who he's worked Dark with. Dark Child? No. <laughs> Dark <laughs> Child, nah, nah. Uh, <laughs> he's worked with, um, oh, he was a producer on The Score, the Fugees. Okay. He uh, co wrote um, with Jasmine Sullivan. Uh, he. I mean, he looks like he'd, he'd been at it for a while. But not a lot of big stuff, you know? Like looking at his um discography. Um, Jamiroquai, Wyclef. He was a keyboard player on Curtis Blow's Kingdom Blow. <laughs> he's been around. He's a been while. around. Yeah, he's that been was... around for a minute. Like I'm looking through here Nas, and stuff that he's worked on. He worked on Nas's Godson, Miss Dynamite. Um Leona Lewis, Corinne Bailey Ray. I guess you would say his two biggest artists that he's worked with are Amy Winehouse and Nas. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. made some good music. Yeah, he and has. A little bit with, <laughs> with CeeLo, um, Miguel. Miguel. Nelly Furtado. Uh, Stop it. Really? He he was on Here Comes the Hot Stepper? That's all he, that's all you had to tell me. <laughs> and you're making me high? Yeah, that's why I had to tell me right there. Nice. That's enough. The hot <laughs> I'm the lyrical gangster. <laughs> nah, 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 yeah, he's nah. the sole producer on it. He he got co writing credits and he was a producer on it. That's awesome. You there get you it, go. man. You get it, Salam Ray. You get it. <laughs> so Thank um, you for what you do. Yeah. Yeah, he's 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 been around for a for a while. Um <clears throat> But yeah, I um, didn't really know who he was. So when they they introduced him, like I was supposed to know (laughs) 
Yeah, who I just he was. know like I I've heard this name. I've yeah. heard this name before. So yeah. Um I think it's cool that most Def was one of their early adopters. I'm using that term. <laughs> early adopters of Amy Winehouse and he really believed in her and really seemed like he really just tried to you know he introduces her at the show and he really it looked like he kind of, you know, put his name her his stamp his name on her. He was okay with that, which I mean, listening to her saying, I would be okay with putting my name on her too. So, but I thought that was very interesting. Um, in a world where a lot of people did not know who she was at the time, especially in the United States, he was, you know, trying to push her as an act. I really dug that. Yeah. Um, already had like her reaction to Dido. Uh, <laughs> Dido. <laughs> I, I, you know, this is about about the fifteen minute mark, maybe about twenty minutes in. Did she? I wonder what was she trying to have it both ways as far as she would have the um she it's like she wanted to have the fame without the fame yeah if that makes sense mm-hmm. like she wanted to you know make make her music and want to make good music but the fame that came with that um she wasn't prepared for but as someone said, like, there's nothing that prepares you for that kind of fame. Yeah. Do you think maybe that's where that transformation visually came from, from Frank to Back to Black, from the having the beehive hair and the more makeup and the shorter skirts? And the, well, that, I mean, it was part of the, um, Even the music part of the visual good. as far as, like, the music she was inspired by. She had mm-hmm. been listening to a lot of girl groups um, mm-hmm. and soul and you know, Motown. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of a, that was just the look that she was going for to, to go along with the concept of the, of the album. Um, but you could also include with, you know, all the, the drug use and the alcohol. And, um, there was the scene <laughs> with, uh, when she went to most Def's hotel room and started doing and crack. just did crack right in front of him. And he just was <laughs> like, oh, wow. I don't mind if you get high, but I, I do mind. mind if you get high. Yeah. Please don't do crack because crack is what. Yeah. I was just like, that had to be hard to watch, though. Like, if it was mm-hmm. weed, it, it probably wouldn't have been a problem. He probably joined it's in. Like, <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah. crack, though. No, no crack. I remember someone saying, like, if someone does crack after watching New Jack City, it's their fault. <laughs> <laughs> but true. That's true. <laughs> Yeah, I just that was that was yeah that 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 was one of those scenes where that kind of hit me a little hard. I was like, dang, that's. I, I do remember um, seeing a photo. I don't know if this is you know the same time frame, but it was her doing crack. It was like in one of the tabloids at that Yikes. time at the airport. Yeah, she was all over the tabloids. Back yeah, then. I was at the airport and I remember seeing. I was like, oh no, because, yeah. Mm. Yeah, and so well, there's another comment too she makes. I said uh, the comment about writing being hard. I felt that, like I really felt that, because everyone's pushing you make an album, make an album, and she's like, "Well, you know, the writing's hard." Um, and I felt that because I am the type of writer where um, I always used to say, like, I lead a boring life. So I would write songs about my friends in some cases, but then when that big something happens, and that catalyst was. Blake (laughs) when you know he goes back to his his thing and she goes back to her thing um as it's happening I was like that's where that line comes from 
you go back to her, and I go back to black. I was like, as soon as they started explaining that story, I was like, oh, that that's where the song comes from. He's going it's back totally to about him. Him going back to the girl he was with. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it seemed like a lot of, um, I don't know how much of Back to Black was about Blake, mm-hmm. but it just felt like a lot of it, it was it related to him <laughs> in some kind of way. Yeah. Um, but you got to have that that event. That was her catalyst yeah. that was like, okay, do, 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 let me start writing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, yeah. only, you know, she's a. And, and yeah. the thing is, while she's, she's at Salam Remy's house just writing. Writing and writing. And she's sober. Yeah. Because so, I always felt like at her heart, maybe that's what she was more than a singer. Because I didn't, I guess I didn't realize how much she wrote. I didn't realize, I, I made another note, I didn't realize how much, how personal some of these songs were. So Rehab, when I heard when I heard Rehab, I thought it was just a song. Like, I thought it was just like, a, oh, what can I write as a catchy hook? I don't know. You know, and no, it's literally about a conversation she had with her father about Rehab. So, like, well, like when, there's a, there's a uh, there, when, talk to her dad and she's like and her, her dad's like uh yeah you know she's fine i'm like oh her daddy thinks she's fine okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like uh like that's why um i would come back to the lyrics are true to life yeah they really are mm-hmm. and i did not realize that i thought these were just songs that some producer wrote but like you know watching this documentary and as they kind of you know <laughs> she kind of she Randy Newman did as they said in Family Guy <laughs> wrote about what she sees you know and it's just like you know, there are better songs I mean no hate against Randy Newman I, I like him but these were you know these are better stories in my opinion but like it, they were so personal and I really like that about her because I like people whose music is personal to them like it doesn't have to be political unless you're political but like as long as it means something to you whoever wrote it it means something to them you know I it, as a Winehouse fan, I'm I'm happy to hear you say that because you watching the documentary and you know now knowing the stories mm-hmm. behind behind her her truth and yeah so that that means it it's great it's, it did its job and what, because I think over here in America so really much know, yeah. you know it's that oh she's crazy she can't yeah. even come over here because she got caught with drugs she can't even perform at the Grammys live even though she sweeped them all she yeah. you know she got the big four yeah but showing that growth and demise in so many yeah. ways and uh, having it be where you get to, as you said, find out those are true. And yeah. But she's, that's also one thing that's great about Amy Winehouse. The covers are wonderful. Like my, my yeah. favorite is Cupid. Because she, she, Sam, Sam mm-hmm. Cooke is like yeah. vocally number oh, one. I love Sam Cooke's voice. <laughs> right? I mean, does it get much better? <laughs> so when Amy Winehouse sings Cupid and can still have that heart, I'm like, you know, it's like what an amazing talent to give us this, these personal stories, these diaries, mm-hmm. and not all happy times for sure. Yeah. You know? Greg, she's not positive vibes, <laughs> but it's real and it's vulnerable, and I think we can all relate to that. But um, now I need to watch the documentary. It's good, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, look, trying to see what other things may have happened in it. Um, well, the, after oh, okay. Well, uh, um. With the the where they talked about the song "Tears Dry on Their Own," yeah, I thought that was I I 
really hadn't paid attention to the song. I really hadn't heard the song before. That was the, I think that might have been the second song I heard by her. <laughs> the concept of that song is genius. We're going to take Ain't No Mountain High Enough, the most one of the most inspirational love songs ever written, mm-hmm. and we're going to turn it on its head. Yeah. We recorded it. We recorded <laughs> like, the music and everything. Yeah. And it's it's um and it's it's so it's such a it's it's the opposite. Yeah, it is. And you know, I don't think you're gonna hear a lot of songs that would do something like that. But I just thought that was just hearing that I was like, that is genius. Mm-hmm. That was a genius concept to to do something like Don't that. Don't cry, Greg. <laughs> okay. Okay. <it's> <laughs> no, that was the yeah second song. I saw it, whatever that MTV performance she did. I happened to be flipping channels. That's how long ago this was, kids. Flipping channels. <laughs> I was flipping channels. <laughs> and I saw it. I was like, that's interesting. That's the Ain't No Mountain High Enough music. But she's not. Because at first I was like, oh, she's covering it. But then I kept listening. I was like, no, she's not covering it. No, she's not covering it at all. This is completely different. This song's definitely not about no mountains. No, 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 no. Because no, no, I kept waiting for her. I was like, well, maybe she just added a verse. Like, <laughs> it never came. It is, that yeah, it's just, that like, verse never came. Of course, we didn't really have things like Spotify back then, so I can just run and find it. Right. So, yeah. Like that new, was it? Is it Amazon Echo commercial or the dad? Oh, play that song that goes <laughs> play, Valerie. Play that song that goes Valerie. And then it ends up being that song, Valerie. It's, and it <laughs> like, is Valerie. Yeah. You couldn't oh, do that then. Wasn't the Steve Winwood song? No. Anyway. That's funny, though, because it would have, I, man, that could have happened. That told, I'm going to ask my Echo to do that tonight and see what, what it does, see what she does. Is she going to play the Whitney Houston, Steve Winwood? I don't know. Track? We'll see. I mean, I'm very <laughs> curious to see. Uh, what uh, What else did you have, Ben? Um. So... Kind of a bomb they just drop in the middle. Oh, she's bulimic. <laughs> yeah. Like that was, I felt like that's something I felt was an odd place to put it, but maybe they wanted it to kind of be a like, she's dealing with this, this, and this. And on top of that, she's throwing up after she eats. Like, oh, whoa. Like I kind of felt like they should be like, whoa, oh, like, okay, that's weird. Um, <laughs> WTF, she was bulimic. Um, and then I, I love the joke. Uh, Way more rock and roll than Liam Gallagher. I said, that is such a British joke. Because half of Americans will not get that. Um, just how downright crazy the Gallagher brothers are, for one. And how <laughs> what, what you have to be seen as in the British public eye to be more rock and roll than Liam Gallagher. Right. Like, <laughs> that means you're trashing hotel rooms. You're punching photographers. You're, when I saw Oasis yeah. here, they got on a fight on, on stage. I totally, and I <laughs> totally believe it. I don't know if they even finished that tour, did they? Oh, I don't know. They probably, they're probably not. That's, they, they just were fighting all the time. So to be more rock and roll than Liam Gallagher, um, that, was, that was such a – I was like, did British filmmakers make this? They're like, oh, that's a good, that's a good ripping laugh. Like, let's throw that in there. That's great. That's great. Let's throw that in there. Um, and then, of course, that was around the time, you know, did an amazing job of showing going from not famous to a superstar. Um, and it was almost paralleled the Beatles come to America, Amy Winehouse comes to America. You know, now when you get out, photographers everywhere, everybody wants a piece of you. You're at award shows. Oh, I want to bring Blake with me. We don't want Blake. We want by yourself. I remember the photographer yell, we all know by yourself, by yourself. They want you. You're the person they came to see. 
you're the voice, you're the talent. And when they talked about you can't, you can give them classes, you can talk with them, but you can't prepare them for this level of fame. And they talked about how it happened before she was able to get herself fully right again. So that right there, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a path to destruction. You've got somebody who mentally wasn't great. Because I think he said, like, you're not going on tour. You're not going to America until you're right. She gets sober, but they still don't know she's mentally okay. Yeah. But they they send her anyway. (laughs) But are some of those issues not even substance abuse issues? You know, you just mentioned, like, the bulimia. That happened before. So it's like self-medication or hurting. Because I I think it would be tough. Like, I, I used to use the example of Jordan Sparks. She was the youngest American Idol winner ever at 17. What the hell was I doing at 17? Like, how do you how do you mentally do that at 17? Like, you go from performing at maybe at state fairs. I don't know what Jordan Sparks did to performing on the biggest show other than the Super Bowl, you know, every week of of the of its season. And then not only do you perform on it, you perform well, you perform well enough to win it. At the age of 17. So then I think about, you know, someone like Amy Winehouse, just how the mental fortitude, not only, you know, are you, you're still young. So when Back uh, Back to Black comes out, that's in 06, I believe. So that's three years later. You're 23. What was I doing at 23? I just graduated from college. I'm looking for a job. Um I'm not I would not mentally be prepared. I think I auditioned for American Idol at 21 years old, maybe 22. And I remember it being the most nerve wracking experience of my life. And they weren't even famous. It was just four no name producers. And I got knots in my stomach. (laughs) And so to see her just all of a sudden go from playing, you know, moderate festivals to, oh, yeah, you're going to do everything like you're going to stand here. and We're going to take pictures of you. You're gonna get interviewed. You're gonna go play this show. Now you're gonna play this show. You're gonna, you're gonna be on be in this all one. these magazines. You're oh, gonna be yeah. on all these shows. Like she did. She was on Letterman and uh, Leno. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> we look like SNL and Carson Daly and yeah. <laughs> Carson Daly and Conan O'Brien and, <laughs> and the Today Show. That would be scary. Like all of that and Regis and Terry Terry Richardson is a pervert. Who's that? Who? The photographer um, that she was taking oh, pictures with. Um, he's a pervert and an average photographer. That's one of my notes. I don't like that guy. He has a lot of he has a lot of alleged um, assaulting models and like uh, sexually assaulting well, models. Those and, kind of photographers. Always yeah, do, and his work is pretty crappy. I don't like his work. He basically he uses like cheap um, disposable cameras. Oh, and okay, heavy that guy. Yeah, okay. and a lot of light, and people just love him. And I'm just like, this isn't that good. Like it's, I mean, I get it. Like you know, everyone should have a style but your style can suck like it can be a bad style i um i may have missed at the exact point where blake came into the picture um but the way that it was like the way that it was presented to where she's i i was thinking like didn't she just break up with him and now they're back together was it yeah is that what happened essentially and i mean because yeah, they weren't ever really together they both were in relationships but it was like a flu it was, i mean call it was an affair call it what it was and everyone hung out in camden yeah like that was the, the and same. so well, then when i guess when they're out in public together i'm like this this doesn't 
this doesn't feel right. Well, it was kind of like, like yeah. her friends would say something's not right about this. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of like when she when she goes to Camden, she transforms a little bit. That's when you kind of start to see early beginnings of what she would become and not necessarily trashy, but edgier. And it's one of those, you know, didn't have a, a huge presence of my parents. So she even said, like, I'm looking I'm looking for father figures. Looking for love. Looking for love. And so she gets it in, in him. And, like, what the fuck, man? You introduced her to crack cocaine. He was like, I introduced her to crack cocaine. I had done it before myself. And, you know, I think it was like after, you know, her her storming of America, she comes back. And he introduces her to crack cocaine. I'm just like, why would you do that? But then I thought, like, he don't know any better. Like, he's... he. It gives him a reason to be needed. Yeah. And, and I, as a matter of fact, that's exactly run out. what they said yeah, okay. in the <laughs> Did they? That's yeah, what like, he was, he was the one that... They're like, it was like a... He was like a parasite leeching off of her. As long as he could keep her addicted... He could always get his fix. Yeah, I, and he I, didn't want her to go to rehab separately. And yeah, the doctors they do it together, and the doctor was like, "No, we will this, not this admit will be them. a disaster." That is codependency. The doctor, <laughs> the doctor wouldn't admit them, and said they finally went around to enough rehab clinics where they found someone that would admit them together. But he said, "No, absolutely not. Like it's it's he's the person that wants to keep this going. He doesn't want to get clean, and he's not going to let her get clean." One yeah, one note I did make was um, the couple that does drugs together. <laughs> dot 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 dot. <laughs> <laughs> dot dot. I mean, because once it was like that was the she wanted to. I guess when they got married, mm-hmm. uh, she wanted to feel everything that he feels. Mm-hmm. And to me, that was like. That is dangerous, uh, bro. Yeah, yeah, that that, (laughs) dangerous, bro. (laughs) How is that not a downward spiral? Like a statement right before the downward spiral? Yeah, that's heavy. Um, and if they're not addressing this in any kind of productive way, then you know it's it's just going to get worse. Yeah. Um, and I and I thought about this because this is a conversation I've had with uh, a couple of friends about like not unrelated to this to this film. Mm-hmm. but about being afraid of being alone as far as did she, was she with Blake just so she wouldn't be alone or did she legitimately love him despite all the things that, that he's done before they got married or when they started doing drugs together and the kind of relationship they have why does she still love him? Why is she still with him? And I, I, the only thing I think of is like she's afraid of being alone and having to deal with herself. Does that make sense? No, it does. That makes complete sense. Yeah. And also, who is she without him? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even in terms of as a creative artist. It wasn't that the first album, Frank, wasn't brilliant in its own way. But look. She comes and makes the second album, and you're big in America too. You're winning mm. all the. You weren't even there on the stage, and you won yeah. all the big ones. Um, so just being scared of who she is without him, as 
an as an individual and as an as an artist what can so yeah because i mean she has like these um seemingly great friends uh despite who really cared about her yeah uh who her parents were when they were t- as a couple mm-hmm. they still supported her mm-hmm. um in her career so she has the friends and the family but it's really just this guy that matters yeah um why is it just him? Like, it, 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 that's what I was. Uh, Maybe because she can only go to that place with him. She's not. She's not yeah. doing heroin no or crack would, with no her. No one else would let her go to that <laughs> yeah. place. Yeah, they'd all I, tell yeah, her she's crazy. Yeah. I mean, she's not gonna say, "Hey, mom, let's do some crack together." Well, may, <laughs> maybe her dad would allow it because it's like, uh, her, her, all of her friends were saying, "No, she can't. She can't tour. She can't go on this American yeah. tour. She can't do this. She's not." She's no, not she's, right. Need, she's yeah. not right. She she needs to um, get herself together. And then her dad's like, or oh, I don't know who said it. Mm-hmm. It might have been her, her dad. Anna Ray. Or, or yeah, or her manager is like, there are doctors and lawyers and teachers yeah. that are that that function on these on, that function well on drugs. Yeah. Well, I mean, like That's from the, the moment, I'm like that is the that is the worst thing. That's you can the say worst right advice. Now. The moment she hired Ray. <laughs> Um, when he mentioned, Nick mentioned, like, he's a promoter, he's going to want to get her out on the road all the time. That was a little foreshadowing as well to show that, like, regardless of what can, because that's all he knows as a promoter. Mm-hmm. He doesn't, that's what he knows. How do we make money? We tour. So to him, he's like, yeah, let's just tour rather than like, hey, maybe keep her in the UK and do some appearances, you know, that don't require her to be on a bus or, you know, traveling from city to city performing every night. Because I think after yeah. that is when they showed the Eden Festival, the Eden Project concert, and she looked a mess. She was like scratching her her face and just kind of she looked out of it like she was high, like high as a kite. And it's just like, is this what's happening? It, it was kind of sad to see someone who was such a, a a good performer go to, and she still sounded good, which is even scarier. That it was probably just like muscle memory at that point. But she just, she didn't look right. She didn't even look like she knew where she was. And that was kind of sad. That made me kind of sad for her. Um, well, I already had the note, like, I want to feel what he feels. I'll do anything that you do because it was a story that Blake said he um, he broke something and he ended up cutting himself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So she, then Amy yeah. cut herself, too, in the same place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then that, and they when they were in rehab together, they got out, or they escaped. I don't know. <laughs> uh, and they they got a hotel room and just was binge drinking and using. Mm-hmm. And that's when you saw her with the um, like her mascaras all over her face. Yeah. He has cuts all over him. Oh yeah, they look bad. And I, I was just wondering, like, what. I, you want to? You want to? You, you I always ask questions like, what, "What's so special about this Blake guy?" <laughs> I have not seen anything. Yeah, he good. looked. He looked like a, a, a loser. He I looked like a, a junky loser. About this guy, um, and and then with the, uh, this is when I stopped watching it. Um, when she won the Grammy for Record of the Year, beautiful moment presented by mm-hmm. Tony Bennett. The look on her face, like like yeah. it's. 
she she fangirled out. Yeah. When Tony Bennett came she's on like, the oh stage. Oh my god, that's it's Tony Bennett. <laughs> like she just had this look and she just wide eyed like like he was there. She's just like like the whole time and I I almost teared up a little bit when that when she won the ecstatic look on her face and this is for London. Um <laughs> when, like, I, when it happened in real life I teared up. It was uh we had a birthday party at, um for a really good friend, so all of us were over there watching the Grammys and actually I was my friend Tommy and I remember us tearing up because we were all really huge fans and we knew she couldn't come and then Tony Bennett like I do that was one of the Oscar moments where I was like but then after that she's celebrating Grammy moment she's celebrating with everyone Mm -hmm. and she's talking to one of her friends and her friend is like this is so great I'm so proud of you and then she says this is so boring without drugs yeah so it, it was like, it's like, I stopped doing them, but not because I wanted to. That's hard. Because I had to. I would totally still do them if I could, but right now I can't. Is it just because she has that natural hot? I mean, yeah. you know, that energy. You just win all these awards and mm-hmm. you like, to us, there would be nothing higher than yeah. that. But to her, just to go to that next level. Yeah. Well, I mean, she even said, you know, younger, all she wanted to do was get out of her parents' house so she could sit around, write music, drink, and smoke weed. So she always had that there. But, you know, as they say, kids, the gateway drug, it probably, you know, going on heroin and, and crack cocaine, you know. <laughs> getting on crack cocaine and, um, and and heroin intensifies that high to where it's, you know, like I imagine the music might have been the high before, but it's not the high anymore. And I would think, what, probably 60% of the kids around the world would want that, too, just to get out of the parents' house, yeah, write songs, and smoke, smoke weed. weed. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's that next level. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, after that, she starts fighting paparazzi. It's, it gets kind of tragic yeah. after that. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, she reminded me of, like, uh, then, then she really did get more rock and roll than the Gallagher's. <laughs> She's a bunch of photographers and... And she almost looked like a zombie. Like she's just walking and she like if she goes in one direction, it's almost like they just kinda of picked her up and no, go this direction. Um, it was like she was just floating through whatever she was doing. And it was very sad to watch. Um and then I thought I thought there was some hope when she did the collaboration with Tony Bennett. Mm-hmm. She's in the studio with him. She's so nervous she can barely sing. Um and I, I said I would crap my pants if that were me, if, you know, you put me next to my idol, whoever that might be. I don't know if I really have one. I don't know. I guess maybe when I was in my mid-20s, if you were like, hey, Ben, you're going to record a song with John Mayer, I'd probably be like, no, I'm not. And then he showed up. I'm like, ah, John. Hi, John. Oh, God, John. So I can imagine, like, it's got to be in, it's intimidating, you know. He, he chooses you. And Tony's like, my son told me, you know, I should – work with some younger, you know, some younger artists and the irreverence that he, that he held for her, or I guess he still holds for her. Mm-hmm. Um, he made the statement in the documentary when they were interviewing him, he said, if I could talk to her, I would tell her, you can't die. You're too important. Um, he said that she, belo- she deserves to be held up there with the likes of Billie Holiday and Ella Fitzgerald because of, you know, her, her amazing talent. And I, you know, after watching this, I do have to agree. Like she, you know, 
she came in for that short amount of time, you know, and I know that's a word, that's a phrase we use for a lot of artists, you know, I've heard it used for Jimi Hendrix, I've heard it used for Kurt Cobain, they came in for the short amount of time and gave us a lot of good stuff yeah. in that short amount of time. And in 27 years. Yeah, and that's what she did. I mean, in those years that she was, you know, here, she gave us some really good stuff. Um, the B-sides are yeah, amazing. I, yeah. mean, that's, I mean, it's only two studio albums. Yeah. But really to look at it, it's two straight studio albums. I mean, uh, we're blessed to have all the B-sides and tracks and demo, you know. Yeah. But well, techno, well, I guess you, technically you could, you could say three, but this is stuff that was just kind of pieced together. Yeah. Um, the the lioness mm -hmm. that was just some other stuff, just some un unreleased <laughs> demos, you know. Yeah. Um, that are uh, perfect. The let me get back to my notes real quick. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the last note I had was like, "This is so boring without drugs." Uh, so she's fighting paparazzi, and she. Um, uh, eventually he's found dead of uh, alcohol poisoning. Yeah, so what was really, really sad the night before. So, of course, you know, we have the the um, the quote, and I can't remember what the quote exactly was. Oh, that she was concerned about blowing up. She was concerned about getting popular when she was talking to most deaf and does the crack cocaine. The night before she dies, she's sitting there. She's, you know, in her, I guess, sitting on her bed talking to Ray. And she's looking at, um, she's listening to something of her singing. She's like, wow, I really can sing. And he goes, hell yeah, you can sing. And she says, I would give it all back to be able to walk down the street again. Hmm. She says, I would give it all back. She just didn't want it. She wanted, she wanted to sing, but she didn't want to be famous for it. She just wanted to sing. She, she... The fame without the fame. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and I just, at that point, you know, when they were like, you know, she's dead the next day, I was like, this could have, this wasn't going to, this was always going to happen. The only way this ended was with her taking her own life. The only way this does not happen is if she doesn't get famous. Um, And I think that's really, that, that makes me kind of sad because it's just like, you know, we, you know, we talk about, you know, as a society, what is a life worth? You know, mm -hmm. was the music that we got from her worth her life being cut short at 27? I don't know. That's I can't really ask. I think that's too big of a question to ask because the same could almost be said. I mean, I guess for the conspiracy theorists, if you believe that Kurt Cobain was an actual suicide, because a lot of this is what happened to him. He he gets famous. Yeah, he was... He's disillusioned. I don't want to be famous. Yeah. Same. It's the same exact. And so then we ask ourselves, were those albums worth his life? And that's kind of the question here. Like, you know, we got some great music. Yeah. But was it worth her, you know, what she had to go through, all the pain and suffering that she had to go through, mental suffering that she had to go through? Was it worth it? You know, I can't answer that question. I don't know if anyone really can. But it's just like when we have someone like this who really, you know, you're too good to not be noticed, you know. Yeah. So and she there wouldn't was, have been happy not singing, right? Yeah, so it's kind of, it's double-edged sword. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, like that yeah. catch-22. It was the only thing that, that made seemed her happy. to make her happy. But, 
she didn't want whatever came with it. Yeah. So it makes you wonder, like. <laughs> it's just like this old soul that was still ahead of her time. Yeah. That, and that's what I think of Amy Winehouse. Because even now in terms of, like, the paparazzi was even different then. Like, yeah. you know, those paid paparazzis that got those shots. It wasn't, you know, we had our Blackberries more back then. This was, and this was kind of in know. the early stages of right. social media and then having being accessible a lot through the internet. You know, if this were 20 years ago, 20 years before at least, then she may have been able to deal with it better because mm-hmm. the information would have moved a little bit slower. Yeah. Or if it was 10 years later and everybody had Snapchat, she might have been. And she could get her own message. They'd be like, yo, maybe, you know? yeah, get her own message. Or yeah. if she wasn't acting right, those pictures would have came out, you know. Yeah. But back then, just like that's when they you really had to wait that week for the Star Magazine, and over there <laughs> it's completely different yeah. in the UK. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it just it it made me think. I was like, this is the this is the same playbook that Kurt Cobain followed. Like, I got famous, but damn, I didn't really want to be famous. <laughs> and he was the, and I don't think Amy was looked at this way. But the thing with Kurt Cobain is. When specifically when Nevermind came out, he, he didn't like that album. <laughs> he didn't like the album. Yeah, this was the album. It, it was a big deal that it knocked Michael Jackson yeah. out of the number one spot. <laughs> yeah, that was a huge deal. The um the the video for Smells Like Teen Spirit, which seemed like a immediately iconic video. Mm-hmm. And he's being looked at as the voice of a generation. He's like, dude, I'm just. And it's a guy who doesn't want the fame. Is being called the voice of a generation. It's like I'm just a guy that writes songs from Seattle, man. I'm just that's just what I am. He's like, entertain us. Yeah. So, um, but I I understand that the parallel to Amy Winehouse to where you. to where you you've you've already made an album, mm-hmm. you kind of you establish yourself a little bit, but then the next project puts you in this other stratosphere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Only difference is though, I don't think she hated anything she put out. I think she right. liked. The I think stuff she liked she everything she put out, but it was it was more just anything outside of music mm-hmm. that she had to deal with. Yeah, was she didn't want to deal with that. Mm-hmm. We can say that about Amy Winehouse. She is the one artist who I truly believe the music that she released. Yeah, she loved it. That yeah. She she loved it. Yeah, you know, pain and suffering, good mm-hmm. times and bad. That in, in the covers that were chosen. Yeah. So. Yeah, because he went, I think what Nirvana went heavier in, in 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 utero, which you know from what I've read he liked more. But like, yeah, it's just you get disillusioned with the fame. It becomes too much. And it's 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 really sad, and so, so, and then the other thing it makes me I always think about that I've heard mentioned, um, with their legends. So they come in, they they're only here for a short time. They burn bright when they're here, and they give us this great stuff. Who's to say they would have continued to be great? So that's the other big question I always hear about artists that die young, or die before their full potential is realized. We're left with. We're left with, you know, what we assume they would have done. We assume that 
you know, we assume that Jimi Hendrix would have continued to put out great work. We assume that um, Kurt Cobain with Nirvana would have continued to put out great work, which, you know, funny enough, we don't get, uh, the, we probably don't get the Foo Fighters. No, we don't get the Foo Fighters. If, 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 he, if he comes out. My next question is, if Amy Winehouse lives and continues making great records, do we get Adele? I think so, but it won't be, um, it won't have the impact that it's had. She helped pave the way for that explosion, even like. Yeah, even like. There if, was a British if explosion. Adele mm-hmm. comes out with Amy still around. I don't, yeah, I just wonder, like, how is it just kind of like, oh, we've heard this before? Well, ac- actually, didn't. Um, 19 came out in 2008. Okay, so Amy was around. Amy was around. Her second album comes out. 2011, though. Mm-hmm. I think without, I, well, because that 20, was the break. 21 like that's isn't me, as big yeah. then. That's the because that's the breakthrough right. album. 21 isn't as big. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, she paid. There was that whole that explosion, yeah. like that Duffy and and Michael Jackson hater Sam Smith. <laughs> I was, was going to say, I knew you were going to say something about my Sam Smith. That was, uh, but then we also have to look at the difference between Kurt Cobain. And Amy Winehouse, Amy is a female doing a solo on her own. That's a mm-hmm. lot. That is a lot. Yeah. You know, he, Kirk Cobain, he had a band. And he's a he's a male to have all that. You know. But I, I but I think the the, the thing is, um, I think with with both of them, where the parallel continues is that they're coming in with this sound that isn't as popular at the time like we like i i don't know if ben agreed with me on this but grunge killed hair metal yeah that's the popular thought yeah yeah. we talked yeah yeah, we talked about that (laughs) so grunge killed hair metal in one fell swoop and And so now you're coming in with a (laughs) it did it was like bye no more color me bad Uh, (laughs) so if they're if they're coming in and kind of changing how we view pop music mm-hmm. and they're coming in with this different sound and what when someone is successful one sound what do record companies do oh they, they go out and look for these yeah. other bands where is everyone else who in, sounds like this seattle that <laughs> might sound like this uh so they're coming in with this different sound and so they're re- they're at the forefront of a change in uh a change in music or an addition to the pop culture of mm-hmm. music so they're coming in with that, along with if the material is good and people like it, that adds to the fame, that adds to the pressure of can we continue this? Yeah. yeah. Um, and that and I, that's the same thing with, with Amy. Like if she's she's on a label with S Club Seven, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> man, I don't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so she goes back to listening up. to yeah. her Sarah Vaughn records and her Frank Sinatra. Mm-hmm. And then on the next album, she's listening to, you know, the Supremes and right. the Shirelles and, and then also writing her truth. And, you know, this did the, the album uh, like on the surface should just be looked at as therapeutic. Mm-hmm. Right. But the way that people responded to it, playing rehab on repeat. Yeah. Um, well, I think that was one of those misunderstood songs. Yeah. I, they, yeah. It, people made it seem like it's a fun song about it's rehab. Not a re- like, it's not a fun song. She has a serious problem, people. <laughs> right. <laughs> she's saying it right she's, here. She's yeah. telling you. She's it's a cry telling for help. Us. That's the thing. Amy does not lie to you. She, she, no. She, no. Did, she did not lie to you. She no. did not lie. 
And that's the that's kind of the scary part, you know. It's like um, what Andre said. Y'all don't hear me. You just want to dance, <laughs> right? I'm letting he it ain't all lying. Like he ain't lying. <laughs> you know, he just want to dance. People are dressing like putting their hair into beehives and pompadours and doing the twist to mm-hmm. rehab right. and not paying attention to the, the lyrics. lyrics at all. Yeah. Uh, so that I, I think because of the 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 they're they're doing something that wasn't that popular at the time or not as known at the time, their style of music. Um, that puts them at the forefront. So that that makes the the hype train go faster in a way. Mm-hmm. It was a natural respect. You na- I mean, you naturally respected Nirvana. Yeah. We I mean even like I was like, this is natural, this is real. And uh but there and and uh, but the the I guess the main difference is in Kurt Cobain's case being looked at as the voice of a generation, Definitely. being looked at as you know uh, a, someone who represents the kids who they're not listening to Michael Jackson, they're not yeah. listening to um, who's the popular rapper at the time, uh, MC Hammer, MC probably, Hammer, yeah. or, or Vanilla Ice, or Vanilla. They're not listening to that. They're not going to those concerts. And they're definitely not, they're not listening to um, Millie Vanilli. They're not listening to Millie Vanilli Girl, or, you know or true. Poison or Guns N' Roses. They're not listening to those groups. Um, they should listen to Guns N' Roses. Yeah, no, they should. But yeah, I get it. <laughs> at, at the time, in '92, no, yeah, in '92, they, and they Guns looked. Anymore. The looks weren't into and they and they and they looked. At, it wasn't like their hair done up right, big and exactly. wearing makeup and spandex. Those They're are, wearing flannel sweaters. Those are things we can wear and do, and mm-hmm. they look more like us, and we hear it. Here we these are. are <laughs> There's, yeah. These are the you know the guys down the street or next door playing in their garage. Yeah. Um. So that I mean I think that was the main difference between between the two, but I think everything else is like a it's a clear parallel to how they were looked at and that how they they. I think if they were. Um. They wanted to make music, but like I said, anything that had nothing to do with music, they didn't really want to deal with just because like that's not part of who they were. Mm-hmm. It wasn't something that maybe they felt they had to do. Like maybe don't want to do the photo shoots mm-hmm. and right. interviews and I okay, do... she'll go on a show if she's if she's playing. Right. Yeah. If she's right. performing. Yeah. She gets the same. But Sitting down and doing an interview, I don't want to do all that. Yeah. They're going to ask me all these Dido questions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't have time Dido. for that. I do remember hearing before that she really did want kids and that there were twins in her family. Hmm. And uh, that was something that she longed for. And I thought that that kind of stood out to me. I, and I, that Blake supposedly got somebody pregnant. I don't. Well, she wanted, I, I, I understand they, she wanted like some some kind of normalcy. Yeah. Um, really wanted you know, to, to go home. home. She wanted a family, and and sit on the back porch and write songs. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, you, you'll never get that. You, there's there's no way you can get that now. No, no, just you can't get it. You, you've um, like it would have been it would have been publicized about her pregnancy, like what doctor she went to, yeah. and you can't you unring know. that bell. Unfortunately, I mean, look her. at look at Beyonce and like the the pregnancies that that she's had yeah. as far as. Everyone knew like a lot of information that we shouldn't. Have we, known. Should, yeah, we should not <laughs> have known. We should not have known. Should I have known that they like 
I don't know if they had to buy out the entire floor of the hospital so she could have the baby. They piece. did it so we wouldn't know. <laughs> so we wouldn't know more than we do know. I think they just did so they could like have the baby go home and we wouldn't know about the baby for like six months. Yeah. <laughs> but as long as people like TMZ are willing to pay top dollar for leaks, because I guarantee you some nurse got paid two years salary for that one. <laughs> Because I would have been that nurse. I'm like, hey, bro, after, how much you got? After she took two years' salary from Jay-Z and Beyonce to not, not say anything. To not yeah. say anything. She's like, you know what? I'm going to say something. <laughs> mm. um, so real quick about the uh, accolades that this film received. It's, ve- it's very good from what I saw. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. It won the Academy Award for Best Documentary Feature, also the Grammy for Best Music Film, which was formerly known as Best Long-Form Music Video. Um, it won a MTV Movie Award for Best Documentary. Uh, it won a um, British Academy Film Award for Best Documentary. Uh, lots of Critics' Choice Awards. Um yeah, so it's it's a it's a very good film. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes me wonder when we're gonna get a biopic about her. If we've already gotten a documentary and she only passed, you know, seven eight years ago. At you know this what? point, I'm gonna Google Amy How Amy Winehouse biopic, and just let's just see what we get. I bet you I know who wants to play her. Kristen Stewart. She's too boring. Um, for I saw some, her smile the other day. For some reason, I don't know why, but I just feel like Lonnie Del Rey might want to play her. Not, they sound nothing alike. I, I, can she do that? Can she even do an accent? I don't. Oh, yeah, I forgot. She's mm. British. Never mind. You got to get a British actress. So there is a story from Rolling Stone okay. um, that the family has approved an Amy Winehouse biopic. You know that dad's going to. He wants money. <laughs> That dad, the dad signed when off. the body was still warm, it was like, so, we're going to get a biopic going? <laughs> yeah, that guy. Um, yeah. So it uh, it's to include possibly um, Deborah Hayward and Allison Owen. Allison Owen is the mother of Lily Allen to produce the film. Uh, Jeff Dean, who wrote Kinky Boots, is signed okay. on to write the script. Okay. Uh, they have not mentioned anything about who could play her. Um, oh, someone suggested Lady Gaga. Ah, uh, that's cheap. That's too easy. No. <laughs> that's too easy. I love Gay- I love Lady Gaga, but not for that role. I will say oh, too. It might be. Um, no, I don't. I don't know if they could do a British accent. Who? Definitely, I. I Camilla Cabello, maybe if you did the makeup right, maybe I guess. I'm uh, pretty sure there's an unknown out there that they can right. cast that'll that'll do it justice. Yeah. yeah, as long as it's not a Lifetime movie. Yeah, no, because <sighs> that Britney one, no, and I like Lifetime movies the normally. Britney one, the Aaliyah the, one, yeah, they usually are on point. The Fantasia the one, <laughs> the Whitney one, no. Well, the Fantasia one was kind of good. I didn't know they did a Fantasia one. No. <laughs> yeah, I guess you played Fantasia. I don't want to know, but who? Fantasia. Fantasia. Oh, God. <laughs> I like the Fantasia one a lot. She played herself? She played yes. herself. It was very entertaining. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess she's old enough. She's she's the right age. 
She, she, she had the aged. accent down. How did she read the script? Let me stop. 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 We love you, Fantasia. <laughs> that was terrible. She's like, line. They hold up a card like, oh, my bad. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not making fun of her. I'm sorry. She has a great voice. She really does. She's a phenomenal talent. She is. Fantasia she's lived is a very, a, she's lived a very hard life. And she, Yes. And she's American Idol. Yeah. Um, so, uh, that will do it for our discussion <laughs> about the Amy Winehouse documentary, simply titled Amy. Um, and we'll get to, uh, my earworm of the week. Uh, this is their second appearance, I believe, on, uh, as being an earworm. The first one is maybe probably two years ago. Mm. Uh, this is a, an Australian a uh, pop duo called Ekka, E-K-K-A-H, and they call themselves Ekka because they're both named Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> hey. And uh, this is a new song they came out with uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think, and it's called Forever, the number four ever. And um, I like the song. Like, I, I was, I, I put it on my We Lit playlist immediately. <laughs> uh, I've been waiting for new material from them. And hopefully they'll be touring the states next year. Um, so yeah, so Chad, this group is called Eka, and this song is called Forever. And we'll be right back. You say that I become a little when I spend some time away from you, and let you know that I am knuckle but you can tell which days I'm. find that on our BTT YHT Airworms playlist on Spotify right now. 
All right, so that will bring us to the end of our program. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lori. Yes. If you want to be found, where can people find you? You can find me at Lori Delone on Twitter and um, Instagram. All right. That's all right. Yeah. And of course, look out for the the Envisions. Uh, EP or album or whatever the project turns out to be. <laughs> yes, be on the lookout for the visions. We'll, we'll, we'll come back, hopefully. Hopefully you'll ask me back again. And uh, we'll I let you know. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> no. I mean, we got a full plate on. <laughs> You're like, we're kind of pretty much set for. The rest of the yeah, year. Yeah, the rest of the year. <laughs> Maybe give us a call in May. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, Ben, where can we be found? But we don't want to be found. <laughs> yeah, we're like, we do. Um, All right, that's the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> ba, 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 ba. Um, so we can be found um, on Facebook.com, Facebook.com slash By the Time You Hear This. Um, you can also go to our website, www.bythetimeyouhearthis.com. Um, if you would like to check us out on social, well, the cooler social media, because I think, well, like Facebook is for older people. Instagram is for like... Um, millennials and i think like gen zers are like on something i don't know about yet because i'm not a gen zer but we're not on the gen zer things but hey gen zers out there if there's something we should be on let us know about snap face or google chat or something let us know um but if you want to get on the millennial <laughs> on the millennial, millennial social media um, you can find us on instagram um sometimes we call it ig or the gram um, you can find us at By the Time You Hear This, um, spelled with the letter U, because we're urban. Yes, we are. And underrepresented, mm-hmm. but not under investigation. Mm-mm. Conspiracy, y'all. Um, if you want to email us, it's going to be the same spelling with the U at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We'd like to support. Um, we like to support homegrown music, really just music in general. Um, but especially, you know, like something that you went out there and did yourself, you know, send it over, man. We'd love to hear it. Um, if you would like to listen to us to avoid a, a the busker on the street, which um, I was telling that story last week to some of uh, my friends um, about that's how Katie Tunstall started out. It's, she was a busker in London. And they just found out about that word, didn't they? Probably. I don't know. if I, I think I used that term. I think I used it. But, yeah, she was a busker. She even said it in... Um, in the song Exploder podcast, which explains how Suddenly I See was made and how the producer wanted to get, because I was trying to explain the drum beat that I was playing, and I was like, he was trying to get her percussive style of playing and, you know, whoever would be backing her in the streets on drums, you know, hand drums or whatever, he wanted to get that feel because he felt that's how her music best sounded. Um, so yeah, she was like, when we go busking in the street and I'm like, okay, that's interesting. She said busking. I've never heard anyone (laughs) say that. Um, but yeah, if you want to, if you are trying to avoid the next Katie Tunstall, um, you can listen to us on your mobile device. Um, you can, if you have an Apple device, um, Apple podcast, if you have a Google device or I should say Android, because I don't think everyone knows that Google makes Android, but now you do know. Um, Google Music, Google Podcast, I believe. You can also find us on Spotify. You can find us on CastBox, Overcast Radio, Auto Radio, um, TuneIn Radio, 
play.fm. You can find us on Listen Notes with the awesome show notes that Greg makes. Um, and you can also find us on Satchel Podcast Player, which has a really nifty feature that lets you find podcasts in your area, the area where you live. So um, check us out on any of these places. If you can't find us, you're not trying. Did you say that we're on the Fi? The fi- I didn't. No, I, I just said Spotify. But yeah, oh, okay. we're on the Fi, um, <laughs> a.k.a. the Spotify. <laughs> Sponsors. Um, so. Uh, to bring us to the end of the program, uh, I feel like playing rehab was too easy. Yeah, it's very easy. Yeah. Uh, That's what they expect. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we can end the show with tears dry on their own. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so you guys can hear the, the the sample that I was talking about. And uh, I feel like it was a, a genius thing to do. Mm-hmm. And um, that will do it for our show. And we'll talk to you very, very soon. Peace. 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 All I can ever be to the you don't own nothing to me but to walk away. I have no progressivity. He walks away. The sun goes down. He takes the day, but I'm grown. And in your way, in this blue shade, my tears dry on their own. I don't understand. Why do I stress the man when there's so many bigger things at hand? We could have never had it all. We had to hit a wall. So this is inevitable withdrawal. Even if I stop wanting you, that perspective pushes true. I'll be some next man's other woman. So I can't play myself again. I should just be my own best friend. I fuck myself in the head with stupid man. He walks away. The sun goes.